Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast, Moving to Australia. I'm Arun Belur, and as always, I'm joined by the founder of Debicom Migration Services, Amitabha Deb. Amitabha, welcome back to Australia. How was your trip to India? Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Uh, the trip was good. Hectic. I'm back. Today we will discuss something that is very close to your heart, which is work and holiday and working mm-hmm. holiday visa. So for those of you listening who are not aware, this visa is for young adults who want mm-hmm. an extended holiday in Australia and will also be able to work here to fund their stay. Yeah, so, did you say work-a-holic visa? <laughs> Just no, kidding. No. Working holiday and, and work and... Yeah, holiday. this is for those who are workaholics, right? They want to come here and work. Yes. So let's start with the obvious question because it says it's for young adults, right? So mm. let's qualify that when they mean young adults. So what's the age eligibility for both visas? There are two working holiday visa subclasses, subclass 417 and subclass 462. Both these visas have different set of uh, eligible countries uh, passport holders from eligible countries. For subclass 462, the age limit is up to the age of 31, meaning they are, they are eligible from the age of 18 till they turn 31. For the other one, subclass 417, which is the working holiday visa, certain countries have a little bit of a relaxation and their age can be up to the age of 35 so which means 35 onwards 18 to 35 onwards till they turn 36. one is working holiday visa the other one is work and holiday visa don't ask me why the difference in nomenclature but that's how it is but just to be clear on that, you, you mentioned the the upper age bracket, which is 35 in case of 417 for some eligible countries and for 462, it is 30, 31. Mm-hmm. So if one puts in their application when they're 30, let's mm-hmm. say for a 462, and then they turn 31 and their visa has yet to be uh, granted, will mm-hmm. they still be granted the visa? Yes. So it says, if you have made your application while you are 30 or 35 as the country may be but before the decision has been made they can still be granted the visa if all requirements are met so coming to the big question like how do you compare and contrast the two what's the big difference between the working holiday visa subclass 417 and the working holiday visa subclass 462 Hmm. so let's Let's count the differences. Number one, the subclass numbers. One is subclass 417. The other one is subclass 462. Second difference, the list of countries. So subclass 417 has one list of countries, which includes the UK, France, and a lot of European countries, plus Japan uh, and Hong Kong. Whereas subclass 462 has a longer list of countries includes the united states of america china um, china is suspended by the way and a few other countries countries yeah 
third one third one is about the age subclass 417 some countries they have relaxed the age requirement so the applicants can be up to the age of 35 or rather 30 till they turn 36 and these countries are canada denmark france uh, ireland italy and i think it is uk yeah that's it whereas for 462 the age is up to the age of 31. next one how many did i say three right three. so far yeah the fourth one fourth one is for subclass 462 some countries the passport holders would require a letter of support from their government 417 no support letter is required are you counting yeah that's four yep four so when they say letter of support that is to support their stay here in australia just a letter saying we support their application because I guess there could be some restriction in some citizens moving out because they have not done mandatory uh, military training. Maybe no, that could be one mm. of the reasons. Um, fifth one, right? Yes. Fifth one is uh, they need to subclass four six two. They all need to have functional English. They need to prove that they have functional English which means they either need to have studied in English medium, the medium of instruction should have been English at the educational institute where they have studied. If it is tertiary education, two years. If it is schooling, five years. If not, they'll have to provide um, IELTS or PT score uh, of functional English, which translates to 4.5 average in ILTS or 35 in PT, I think. Now, is there is there any restriction on where they can work while they're here? Um, there's no restriction to work. But if they want second and the subsequent uh, working holiday or work and holiday visas, they have to ensure that at least three months for the first one at least three months have been in a designated area in an eligible specified industry okay does the government also list out what they yeah. mean by specified industry yeah, they do they do i'm not going to go through the list because mm. the list is not a static list it yeah. is subject to changes one has to look into the list and say okay these are the designated areas usually all the big cities are excluded so you cannot be living in sydney and saying i have lived in sydney it is a designated area please give me the next one no they have to go into all these designated regional areas mainly and work in specified industry to be eligible for the second and the subsequent ones now, when one applies for the 417 or the 462, does the person need to be within Australia or outside Australia when they apply for their first working holiday visa or working holiday visa? Yes, the first one has to be outside Australia. 
The second and the third one can be within Australia, provided they hold a substantive visa, meaning they, they should be holding some visa, or their last visa should not have expired more than 28 days ago. So if, if someone is holding another visa, let's say, and they apply for the 417 and 462, and it's granted, what happens to that other visa that they were holding? Well, this is true for any visa one applies for. Whenever you apply for a visa and it is granted, your earlier visa is wiped away. So one has to be very, very careful. If you're holding a working holiday visa and you apply for another visa, I'm talking about the reverse situation. Yeah. You apply for another visa, maybe a tourist visa, your working with holiday visa is gone forever. The same is true for permanent residence holders. You hold a PR and then you wanted an RRV to come back. But instead, you made a mistake, you applied for a tourist visa. So you now have a visitor visa granted, so your PR is gone. Really? Hmm. So whatever the current visa is granted replaces all the earlier ones. At any point of time, you cannot hold more than one visa. That's the rule. Wow. Now, is there an annual limit on the number of visas granted to applicants from eligible countries for either of them? Um, either of them. For, for 417, there is no limit. There's no cap. But 462, there is a cap, per country cap. It's all listed in the Home Affairs website. Except United States of America, there is no cap for United States of America citizens. So moving along, um, how does one become eligible for the second or third work and holiday visa or working holiday visa? Because you mentioned that there are there's three of them, first, second, and third. Yeah, for the second one, for the second one, one needs to be working in a designated area in the specified industry for three months. For the third one, you have to be working for six months in the previous one while holding the pre hold while holding the second working holiday visa. Oh, uh, okay. So when you're holding the first one, you have to work for three months to be eligible to apply for the second. And when you're on mm -hmm. the second, work in that designated field for six months, then you qualify to apply for the third. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, do you see any changes in the foreseeable future for any of the eligible countries? Are there any changes being implemented mm -hmm. coming in the yeah, near for, future? For UK passport holders, from 1st of January 2025 or 24. Next year is 24, isn't it? Yes, 24. You're still so, jet lagged, I think, yeah. <laughs> from your trip to <laughs> India. <laughs> so 1st of January 2024, they do not have to meet any of those requirements. So they can be working anywhere, any industry, UK passport holders, and they can still get the second and the third working holiday visas. So they could even be working in Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane? Yes. You mentioned that they have to complete the specified work in a designated industry for mm -hmm. three months when you're on the first visa and for six months when you're on the second visa to be eligible to apply for the third one. So mm -hmm. 
do you need to complete the specified work in one go or can it be spread out over the calendar year? It can be spread out as long as the total number of days add up to three months or the six months. So usually I suggest all my clients to maintain a diary, a daily diary saying this is the day he worked here, this is the day he worked here, because a lot of these work would be casual. So as long as the diary is maintained and he's able to or he or she is able to substantiate, then the requirements are met. So do you suggest that one not get paid in cash so that they can prove that they have worked for that specified time? Paid in, well, I would suggest at least they should get paid into the bank because otherwise, how do you really prove that you got paid? It's going to be a little tricky. Not that it, there's any directive saying you cannot be paid in cash, but if you're paid in cash and you're pay, paid taxes, it should be largely okay as long as the employer supports the application from the designated location and industry stating that this is what they have done, then it should be fine. Coming to taxes, which you just touched upon. So when you work in Australia on this visa, are you supposed to pay your taxes here? When someone works in Australia, they are liable to pay taxes. Now, whether they will fall within the tax income threshold, uh, it depends on how much they are paid, right? In most cases, they may be um, within the tax, uh, the lowest income threshold, so they do not need to pay taxes. But at least they have to file the tax return um, to demonstrate their income and pay taxes if required. So tax payment of taxes is mandatory for anyone who works in Australia, or at least lodgement of tax return. So let's assume that someone is on their third 417 or 462 visa. Now mm -hmm. they have a job that they really like and they don't want to move back home. Mm -hmm. Now they apply for a 189, which is a permanent residence and they get mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. does the time that you've spent on the working holiday visa also count towards your citizenship requirement, which basically mandates that you work in Australia for seven years, well, four years and off that one year has to be on permanent residency, right? If I'm not mistaken. That is correct, yes. They do not need to be working. The citizenship requirement is that out of four years, the first three years, one must be a resident, meaning living in Australia. So that does count towards the citizenship uh, period. Oh, that's really great. Anything else do you want to add? Yes. So I, with respect to the countries uh, to be added in the future, we have been hearing of uh, India to be added in the list although it is not officially announced, there will be a cap of 1,000 for India. Philippines has been added with the with a cap of 200. Yeah, That's the official number, 200? Yes, up to 200 young Filipinos to enjoy a 12-month holiday in each other's country. So it's more like a 
200 Filipinos will come here and 200 Australians might go to Philippines. So this is like a reciprocal program that Australia has mm. with all of these eligible countries? Not all. With Philippines, they have this. Okay. Probably in Philippines, they have a similar uh, visa. So this new agreement that Australia will get into with India, mm -hmm. is it based on the new trade deal that these two countries have signed recently? Yes, that was in December last year. And is there any news from the government when this will go into effect? Well, uh, I think it should have been in effect already because someone came to me the other days showing his grant letter for working holiday visa from India. Uh, but I do not have any notification of this to have started. So I need to check. Okay. When you do, you're just notify mm, you know. using your social channels. So Yes, we'll do that. So thank you, Amitabha, for your time, as always. It was mm -hmm. good talking to you, you and seeing you again. For those right. of you listening, um, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so. And if you want to follow us on our social channel, the links, links to all the social channels will be in our description. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Goodbye.